I think before consumerism was out of control. I mean, even with my personal clothing line that I do on the side now as, as kind of a creative outlet, I want to make it a full circle economy as well, make it something that's fully recyclable, because I just don't see how we can continue with our habits the way we have. And I think that's the thing that COVID's shown us. Welcome to the Shio.world podcast, where you will meet women who are transforming the world to be more equitable and sustainable. Your host for today's podcast is Hannah, Shio Venture in Residence. Welcome to Shio.world. Nina, I am so excited to have you here of Folds. And I, I want to say hometown because I've lived here for so long, but it's not really my hometown in Calgary. I want you to tell me about what is Folds? What is it? Thank you for having me, Hannah. I'm so excited to talk to you too. Folds is my passion project. It's my heart. It's what was born out of COVID, the stress that I faced and the reality that we were all facing. So um, Folds is um, a my way of fighting in COVID. It was uh, started with masks and it turned into scrubs and we developed a fabric that's protective and helps frontline workers do their job without worrying about, you know, the virus getting on their clothes or or just keeping them cool. It's moisture wicking, there's four-way stretch, they look good in it. So um, it's just giving them what they've been missing for so long while they fight this pandemic. Okay, that's what's so fascinating to me. We are only about a year and a little bit over into the pandemic and this business was born out of COVID. So what makes like the what makes the fabric so special and different on the market? Yeah, it was a lot of research that went into this. I think the fact that I already had a clothing line and I already had that infrastructure and the logistics in place, I had a factory already working with me. I think that helped. That's why we were able to pivot as quickly as we did. Um, as for the fabric, that took a lot of research. I already I knew that there was technology out there. And just from when COVID hit, and um, I think we saw a lot of technology and innovation start to kind of light up. And I think it became very obvious that we need to start looking at technology and, and more of the bleeding edge stuff. And so I think over the next couple of years, that's going to be fast anyway. So I knew that there was something out there. It, it was just a matter of finding something that had that balance of um, giving us what we need and then the sustainability because synthetic fabrics are not very uh, environmentally friendly because of the amount of energy they take to make. Um, but we were able to do it. I found a lab in Europe that's been working with me and we've been just going back and forth with the developing the relationship and testing and stuff. And so um, it's, it's, just, it's just organic and it happened fast, <laughs> but just here like we are. It's so amazing that you, you know, this all came out of COVID. Of course, being a CEO venture, you have to hit a certain amount of, you know, the 50K in revenue to even get there. Like you've done this fast and quickly and found different ways to kind of go to market on, on those pieces. So your background mm -hmm. is obviously in fashion. So what, how did you get here? What happened before COVID? Well, I actually have a degree in engineering and that's, actually helped me with the technology side as well, big time. I was able to, I think, I, I, you know, there is a bit of a learning curve when it comes to nanotechnology and how, it, how, how it's applied in textiles. And so just having my engineering background helped with that. 
Um, but yeah, I, before, before Folds and Noni, I was just working as an engineer. And then I followed my dream and started making clothing. <laughs> okay. I didn't know you were an engineer before. So this just gets <laughs> even better. You have the en engineer and now you're like, you follow it's your dream. It's for me. Yeah. <laughs> my, it's, it's good for my parents. My parents are happy now. They're like, okay, now we can see it all. <laughs> but yeah, um, you're just panicking yeah. your parents for the last X amount of years of like, oh, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure I've taken some years off of their lives too. <laughs> me too. Me too. It's totally okay. This is what we're built to do. I didn't do it when I was a teenager. This is my time to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I was a great teenager. However, I'm going to give you a run for your money while I'm an adult as I go and follow my <laughs> dreams. So it's like you're an engineer. And was your dream to be in fashion and that's what you went to follow? Yes. Um, I watched my dad um, when he came from India. He was, um, he was a manufacturing, he was a manager at a, at a manufacturing place here in Calgary where they did knits. And they actually had great accounts, accounts like with Ralph Lauren. They did accounts with the Olympics here when they were local, uh, when they were in Calgary in 88. Um, I was, I have so many fond memories of being there. And my dad always told me, you're not doing what we're doing. You're going to be an engineer, a doctor, or a lawyer. So I basically, I had no choice. I had to go and do that. But textiles and fashion and just seeing a piece go from paper to something that someone can wear, someone from go from someone's mind to something that someone can wear to express themselves that just from a very young age was really impactful and stuck with me so in when i was working as an engineer um i decided i had actually lost my brother to um, violence while i was mm. getting my degree and mm. in, it was something that i just had to go through and during the journey i realized that if he was here i also realized life is short but if he was still here yes. he would be my cheerleader to just you know go and do it do what you got to do. So it's all good now. <laughs> it was very stressful for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not, it, it's a hard journey there. And so are you also designing some of the pieces, like you said, paper to kind of like, oh, yeah. what's your process? Like, are you holding yeah. that whole space for this? Yeah. Yeah. I, we started with the designs. Actually, I was doing the designs and the research at the same time. Um, the designing part was super easy and fun for me because I already designed for the working woman. I already designed for people who are on the go and they want to look good. So, you know, my, it was always simple, comfortable, something that you can throw on and still look and feel confident in. And so that part was actually kind of fun. It was a lot of conversations with doctors, nurses of all backgrounds, of all like surgeons, uh, spine injectors, dentists. Um, everyone and just hearing what they like for comfort, um, hearing about what they wear right now and their difficulties with it. That was a lot of fun and designing for them. So I still do design. We are coming out with a new style in a couple of weeks that we're excited about. Um, yeah, I got my fingers in everything right now. <laughs> right <laughs> from the creative. To, yeah. <laughs> 
it's, it, you know, you have to be, especially when you're in the starting phases, right? Like uh, in the creation. Yeah. And I love, I think this is such an important part of models is you're listening to your customer that you are going to the customer first and you're saying, what do you love about your current scrubs? What don't yeah. you, what does this look like? What would you like to have? And, and then hearing all that pain and then creating something that answers that, but also that is creative and helping them on the job because you are putting, um, you know, so many things into the fabric. Uh, I think that those are the pieces that sometimes entrepreneurs also miss. You know, I did that in my yeah. model, sat down with 50 restaurants before we ever opened anything to be like, what's your pain? What does this look like? That also ensures that yeah. we had first customers because those 50 restaurants were like, oh, you heard me? I'm going to sign up. And I'm imagining yeah. for you, that would be the same thing. You probably got them pretty excited. And were they some of your first customers? Yeah. Um, there was so much appreciation. There was so much of this, uh, you know, they, they really appreciated that the fact that they were getting attention. There are a couple other companies that do stuff for them. Obviously there are scrub companies, but the attention that athletes get, it's not the same that these guys are getting. And these guys are the ones that are actually fighting a pandemic, but you know, they don't get the technology. Yeah, saving lives. Yeah, exactly. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. They're not, you know, the only difference is they're not the military where we spend billions of dollars to equipping them, but these guys, they're out there, they're putting their lives in danger. They're, they're, missing their own families and yes. you know so I think they really appreciated being you know looked at like that so designing for them is super fulfilling um, I'm doing this for them and it's nice that I get to feed my family doing it for me I get to apply my engineering degree I get to do what I love and uh, you know I'm not just catering to people who are I think before consumerism was just it was out of control and you know, I mean, even with my personal clothing line that I do on the side now as, as kind of a creative outlet, even that I'm, you know, I, I want to make it a full circle economy as well, make it something that's fully recyclable, because I just don't see how we can continue with our habits the way we have. And I think that's the thing that COVID's shown us. And like you said, people now want to feel important with, and, and they're like, they're making conscious decisions when they purchase these things. And I think that trend's going to continue. Yeah. I think that that's what COVID has shown. I think there was a huge halt in the, well, some people overbought, but you know, that there's been a lot of wake up moments during COVID yeah. and it's not like we didn't know before COVID that the clothing industry had an incredible environmental footprint. We just didn't yes. want to really talk about it because we all wear clothes and sometimes people go, oh, I think it's I hard know. to understand. Yeah. I think people, I, you know, we get numbers thrown at us all day long, like yes. 2000 cases a day versus yes. 400,000 cases a day. And it's hard for us to not get the subtext of something and just take that number. And I think textile pollution is like that. You know, uh, you know, that it's third most polluting industry, but what does that mean? Does that mean there's a lot of clothes and landfills or is it the production side? But it is a very complicated, complicated, horrible cycle though. Well, you said that you were kind of looking at your own kind of your passion project on your own personal line. Mm -hmm. Could you walk us through, like, what does it look like to have a more ethical clothing brand or to, you know, have the life cycle? What does that look like for people? Yeah. I think the biggest thing that people can do, anyone and everyone, is start asking before you buy something, start asking what is the end of life of this piece? 
what does that look like? Is it going to go back into the ground? Is it going to go, is it going to get burnt somewhere? Is it going to, where is it going to go? And what is it going to contribute to carbon dioxide emissions? For a line to be sustainable, I think there's only truly one way at this point with where we are right now and the amount of uh, waste that just production itself makes. That fabric needs to be something that can be recycled in an efficient way and be made, and you can make more yarn out of it. It's either that or it's either using organic materials, which I know other companies are doing, and that's another great way of using, you don't want to use your natural resources and overconsume. So I think those two things to be aware of. With Noni, for instance, my other line, we don't make scrubs, but we do do things like trench coats. And I, you know, the technology exists to make fabric that is, you can make shirts like t-shirts or trench coats, and the fabric would be made out of material that's recy or recycled material. And you can wear it and send it back and they can make it into more fabric. That is the only way I think the textile industry can get themselves out of this. It's becoming a full circle economy. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Does it matter if it's organic or not? Like that actually is better in terms of the life cycle. I was getting to a point where I'm like, yeah. is it really better or is this a marketing ploy? Um, organic, it's, it is better. Um, but the thing is that we're not, the amount of pollution that you put into water from dyeing the stuff and from the agriculture of growing all that cotton, it's, it is also very huge. <laughs> that's another problem that is, that's another problem that will require on the consumer end, we need to become more aware of what we're buying. Um, if it is something that's made out of cotton, but it's not sourced ethically, you probably shouldn't support it. If you can buy a synthetic fabric that it has a great way of being um, broken down, that's a great purchase. This technology is not cheap. I know that a lot of companies, the fashion industry, for them to pivot and become sustainable, it's going to cost them 30 to $40 billion. And they're not, we can't depend on them to make that change because they're not, they make that money with selling stuff that is only designed to be washed twice. They're already making that money. They're not going to change. It's such a big ask. So we as consumers have to start consuming less and start buying better quality. And I think if each and every one of us just individually did that, the change would be there. Yeah. I, you know, it, it gives me reflection and pause too. Even as I get older, I now look for like, what's the quality piece that I can have for X amount of time. That is a little bit of a higher piece, but I'm not throwing away in a year, right? Like it's with me for 10 years. Totally. And, and I was going to say, and it's not even a, it's not even better buying, but also just upcycling other clothing, making clothing out of old clothing or, you know, donating clothes, you know, those are the type of things that we should be doing more of instead of going out and buying more and more clothes. I mean, the stats now is 60% of the clothes we buy sit in our closet um, or end up in landfills. That's how much, that's the, at the speed that we are consuming clothing. Um, so I think we could slow it down. I'm, I'm in this mode of like actually paring down where I want to get to only one suitcase. Yeah. <laughs> of like all my clothes and just have, you know, like really good yeah. pieces because I got to that point too, where I was like, I have all these clothes and like, 
I haven't worn them and nothing. And then COVID yeah. hits and you really don't wear them. Right. Right. Like I'm yeah. like, where's my sweatshirt? Where's, <laughs> or where's a nice jacket on top for zoom because on the bottom are sweatpants, right? <laughs> it's like, everything yeah. has changed. Do you see, you know, with COVID and what's happened, even from a fashion, because you have that background, how do you see fashion changing after COVID? I think the whole cozy style is here for a while longer, for sure. Yes. But um, I don't know if you've heard, but the roaring 20s are definitely, I think, coming. But I don't mm. think that's something that's coming soon. Mm. Um, I think that's a, still a ways away. But I mean, you can look at what hap what's happening in China, where COVID, once when it did get a little bit more in control, shopping went back up, luxury sales there went back up. You could see it starting to happen in some places. But uh, I definitely do think that's a little while out. So the cozy style, I think it's here for a while longer. Comfortable clothes. I'm happy about that. I am too. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so crazy. You know, and even in jeans, I was reading that the trend with jeans too. It's, it's more loose fitted. It's not the skinny jeans anymore. You know, it's more like the loose fitted trousers. I think it's so hilarious that halfway during COVID, and I can say this because I have twins that are 18, so they're that age, that halfway through COVID, suddenly a whole fashion, they just decided that fashion was going to change. It went viral, right? You can't, yeah. you need to have no more side parts yeah. and <laughs> no more yes. side parts. You're going to have bigger baggy jeans. Basically they're wearing what I was wearing when I was a teenager, but it was interesting to see it. Like, you know, someone made this decision, it goes viral. And I was like, mm -hmm. why are we changing a fashion in the mid pandemic? Like, are we even wearing any of that right now? You right. Know, it's like fashion <laughs> and society is so hand in hand. It's so hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, absolutely. it's, it's so interesting to see. And I think now that we're seeing a transition in life happening in society, we're really seeing it at a fast pace. So I think we could apply it to all industries. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So where is, where is folds at now? We're like over a year into the pandemic. And then where do you see it going after the pandemic? Folds? Well, we have a lot of orders that we are catching up on. <laughs> We're kind of in the place where they're good problems. We're scaling. We're now in a place where we got to start raising money to start making some inventory because we are starting to do some advertising, which we just started last night. But through word of mouth only, we are struggling to keep up with orders. So we just brought on a new factory. We now have two factories out in Vancouver. Wow. And my husband says it's like we're on the runway yep. <laughs> and the plane is just getting ready. It's just it's getting the yep. speed going. So that's where Folds is right now. We're delivering, we're getting orders coming in. We have a lot of people that get their orders that come back and order more. Mm. Um, people love, love, love the fabric, which I feel so good about. We've gotten feedback that it feels like a second skin and wow. We've gotten emails of appreciation where people are just saying, thank you so much for making this for us and just a lot of comfort. So it's in a good place. We're just getting going. The machine's just lifting off soon. <laughs> just lifting off. Yeah, because yeah. it's like pandemic or not, there's still going to be doctors, nurses, and everyone that needs this. And you've built in this technology. Um you have this environmental, you know, you have a more conscious piece. I was going to ask you on your manufacturing, is it important to you or a value that's in your company 
or uh, that it's being manufactured locally, you know, because it's still within Canada? Yeah. Um, one thing is that I, I definitely know it's all ethical. And the other thing is we're providing jobs. We're helping the economy here in Canada. And I think we do need to bring manufacturing back into Canada. I think it was kind of uh, embarrassing during COVID when we couldn't even manufacture our own. We rely so much on external country, other people. And so I want to bring- Even for vaccines. Vaccines, yes. We're seeing that now. We don't even do it here. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think, I don't know what we do here, but I definitely want to bring manufacturing back. It's expensive, yes, but with everyone's support, it's working out. For me, the biggest thing also with manufacturing is just, I just want to make sure that it's ethical. I want to make sure that everyone's paid fairly. So as we scale, we will obviously have to look for other help, but it will always be something that's right with our values. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Canada is where we're keeping it for as long as we possibly can. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of growth. I mean, this is the thing when when you have Canada where we have, we export a lot, but we import a lot, right? And we do manufacturing mm -hmm. overseas. We mm -hmm. did, we don't do um, the vaccine here. Like we're getting that external. And now we're all realizing actually in these types of things, how are we local? How are yeah. we producing? How can we be more dependent on our own economies? Totally. Self-reliance. Um, I think yeah. that's what COVID's taught all of us on a personal yes. and on a mm -hmm. major level. I agree. And I think that's that's why I, I say keeping it here in Canada is my biggest priority. And I really do hope that we get the amount of support that we need to bring our production costs down so that we can stay in Canada. You never know. But um, that's, that's the biggest thing for me is just I, I, it was almost disappointing to be like in a place where we were asking people at home who could sew, please sew masks, you know, mm. like, because yep. we couldn't get masks in from China fast enough, you know? Yep. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's about time we start pulling our own weight in Canada and investing in our, in our youth and innovation. Yeah, I agree. I love your stuff. I was on your website and seriously, it does look so comfy that I even, I was like, can I not just wear this out? This looks totally amazing. Like I know there's scrubs <laughs> and you can't even tell though that there were scrubs. I was like, this looks comfortable. Plus there's like the added benefit. I am not a doctor or nurse, but I feel like a little bit extra protected because of it with COVID. I got a lot of family wearing the joggers. <laughs> yeah. The joggers. That was it. Yeah. I was like, oh, those joggers. So you know what? Even if you're not a doctor or nurse, I think you might like the joggers. I think totally. you need to go check it out. What is your website? <laughs> it's foldswear.com. Foldswear.com. That's where you need to check it out. Any like final thoughts or asked or gives to the community? First of all, thank you to everyone listening. I think, like I said before, just asking the right questions when making purchases. I hope that we can do that more and pass that information along. And as for my ask with business, I mean, if it, there's anyone out there that can help with medical contacts, you know, we are in a place where we are looking for more money. So anyone that has any interest in folds, I'm very happy to hear you out and we work together and, you know, start a friendship. <laughs> yes, exactly. So if you know medical doctors, any of that, or you want to buy it yourself, or you want to invest in this incredible company, please do that. Nina, thank you so much. We love Folds. It's so amazing to have you a part of uh, the community. It's a really inspiring story. So check out Folds. Thank you, Hannah. See you. 
Thank you for listening to the Shio.world podcast. Like, comment, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends. We invite you to join a global community of radically generous women at Shio.world.